Good morning. Good morning. Reading this morning from Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, Amen. Thanks be to God. You must have grown up an Anglican. You grew up an Anglican, did you? Uh, a bit of everything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a mixed breed. Hallelujah. We do have, we do have these uh, booklets, which are our study booklets I need, and we're on uh, chapter or section chapter uh, four, Christ atoned for my weaknesses. I do, Margaret's got some there for you. These are to just take notes on the back page and bring along the Bible studies and that sort of thing for your own meditation. Jesus said the ones who do not understand the scripture are the ones who Satan comes to steal the word from them. So I do need to uh, uh, Apologise because I read first verse there uh, on the on this it says Isaiah 52. It's not. It's Isaiah 53. So give you a little mark there. Mark it out. I'm going to sack my editor. So just let me know. Well, I'll give them. I'll give them grace this time. Let me know. I'll, I'll have words to them during the week. That's me. Just in case you think, gosh, he's hard. <laughs> So we've been talking about, uh, well, this year is a year of ever-increasing faith because Paul said to the Thessalonians that he rejoiced because they were increasing in faith, increasing, increasing, ever-increasing faith and abounding in love. And we abound in love, which is why you see people bounding around here in the mornings. They're abounding in love, but we're increasing in faith. And having spent a few months learning about what is faith, how to use it, how to get it, how to release it, I felt the Lord tell me now you've got to give them reasons to have faith. So this is a series, Reasons for Strong Faith. We've been talking a lot about covenant, and it really is an essential couple of weeks. Do we have that on podcast or whatever, do we? It's coming, good. It tiff does so much. <laughs> she does so much, but it is coming. I would encourage you to look through it because really covenant, understanding covenant is one of the most essential um, elements of understanding the Bible and understanding how God moves, all right? Uh, in essence, and I showed a little video last week to show that this is not just loony Pentecostal theology. I showed you a video from a uh, from the Bible Project, which is a, uh, an evangelical, I even think it might be a Calvinistic uh, enterprise, and they talk about covenant and how God uh, put man in dominion on the earth and when God says something it has to be uh, and so God being a sovereign God gave mankind an element of sovereignty on the earth doesn't diminish his sovereignty people say what about the sovereignty of God well he's sovereign he can do whatever he wants and if he decides that he's going to give man dominion then he's given man dominion whether we like it or not God, I'd just rather, I'd just rather Jesus take the wheel. He said, no, I've given you the wheel. You listen to me, I'll tell you where to go. Amen? Yeah. So, um, so he's handed over dominion. So therefore, and for God to move in the earth, he needed to come to some agreement with people to move in the earth for at least the time, as Jesus called the time of the Gentiles or this era that we're in. 
And so he made covenant with Abraham. And uh, and we in, in there's other minor covenants or, or not, not minor but but um, there were additions to that covenant or developments to that covenant. And a covenant um, in those days, and it was certainly understood between Abraham knew exactly what God was doing when God said, I'm going to make a covenant with you, get an oxen and split it down the middle and all the blood poured out. And uh, these blood covenants, you were saying, my life for your life and your life for my life. And so the whole of the um, the story, then God making it, God made covenant with, uh, developed the covenant with Moses, developed it with David, and then because of last week we talked about the inability of the old covenant to um, to continue or to fulfil its need, because one side of the covenant could never hold the bargain, and. Uh, Considering it's man on one side and God on the other side, which, which side do you guess could never, never, never hold up his share of the covenant? It was us, all right? So God came in a man, right? And that man, uh, God says in Colossians, in Kenosis, he laid aside, uh, he, did, he wasn't any less God, he was always divine, but he laid aside and then we're made in the image of God, aren't we? Is that right? So he laid aside, or just put aside the things which would be unfair for him to have if he wasn't a man, and then he came to earth as a man, still divine, still God, but came to earth as a man. So really everything we see Jesus doing all right, on earth, in one sense it was what God had, the type of dominion God had planned for Adam anyway. Yeah. All right? Dominion over the over the nature, you know. So he, he worked that, and then we come to this place where Jesus offers Himself as a sacrifice on our behalf, and He cries out, "It's finished." And because what we're going to look at today is called the atonement of Christ. And why it's reason for us to have strong faith. So, in on the cross, he took what was the consequence of us not being able to hold up our side of the deal, and he took the um, the effects of the broken covenant with him on the cross. And to finish that old covenant. And then he started a new covenant and took his blood before the Father as a man, God. God made man to offer a perfect covenant so that that covenant could be fulfilled by his works, by his grace, by his strength. So we're talking about now why, why we're going to have strong faith because Jesus took our weaknesses. Um, part of the deal, one of the clauses of this covenant that we have with God is that He wants to exchange uh, our he exchange our weaknesses and our failings for His strength. Have you noticed when the Bible tells us to be strong, 
is never to be strong in yourself, it's to be strong in Him. You notice when the Bible tells us to have joy, He doesn't say have joy in yourself, He says have the joy of the Lord. We notice when the Bible says to have peace, it's not conjure up peace in yourself, it says the peace of God passes all understanding. Well, God's pretty peaceful. I mean, he's just, he's not in conflict with himself or, you know, he's just pretty much at rest. So this exchange of the covenant was our failings, our weaknesses, our um, lack of ability to do and live from day to day for his strength, his power, his joy, (laughs) his peace. Now, this is an interesting, the verse I chose to read from, from Matthew chapter 8. And it's always a risk, you know, especially uh, in our circles and other Pentecostal circles. We love to give these great big miracles and everyone goes, wow. And then deep down we sort of know, well, I, I, you know, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't see that in my life, you know. Do you know that uh, our life is made up of thousands of mundane miracles. Thousands of F. I've been, I was born yesterday. I know. I know what it's like to have to get up in the morning and not want to do this and not want to do that and have to stir up this peace and this joy and strength within me. And that's a miracle. I don't have that strength. You stir it up. And we have thousands of choices every day to draw on his joy, his power. So I understand that. So we're sort of at risk. <laughs> but then again, the, the, often these big miracles, they sort of, wow, we should look at them and go, wow, well, if he can do that, then he can deal with my little situation, going to work or, you know, my family or, you know, where my kids are at or my job, you know. Paul, when he was preaching, when he was written to the, writing to the Corinthians, he said, I did not come to you with marvelous words of wisdom and great oratory. Now, I, I, I think you might have had a bit of false humility there, but you know. And it's all right, Paul can be, have false humility. I won't, I'd just like to show off. No. <laughs> it had a bit of false humility because we know he probably was a great orator because we've got some of his things that he said. And because uh, he wrote Romans and lots of stuff. But what he was saying is that I, when I came to you, uh, I wasn't depending on how wise I could be and how strong I could, how well I could win an argument. He said, I was depending on the power of God. He said, so that your faith would rest not on big words, not on great theology, not on, you know, smoke machines or people falling over or, you know, not on all these things, but on the power of God. Every day in our life, with these thousands of little miracles and thousands of moves of God that we need where our strength runs out and our temper flares in and the flesh rises up. We've got to realize our faith rests not on our ability, not on our words, <coughs> but on his power. And so when we face situations, you know, and we feel overwhelmed, that, what, what's that feeling? That feeling of being overwhelmed is thinking it's up to me, isn't it? And, and that feeling being a will is my, my faith's not resting on his power because God can do it. Don't you think God can do it? You think God can handle your situation, do you think? 
on now. I know it's rhetorical, but you're allowed to answer. You think God, whatever you're facing, you think God can handle it? Yes. You think he's got this? Yes. All right. And so our faith is to rest on his power to affect change, to work on our behalf. And this is the thing with this covenant, this great exchange, is to understand that our failures, <coughs> our frailties, our weaknesses were put on him. This is, uh, in some ways, it's a very uh, controversial uh, verse. Um, it refers, it alludes to, and you can turn in your Bibles if you've got to turn to Isaiah 53, not 52. Turn to Isaiah 53, and we're going to read a passage which talks about, it's uh, my Bible, it's called The Suffering Servant. It's a very interesting passage, just historically, because the Jews always took that to mean this was referring to, to the Christ, the Messiah. And then sometime in the second century, when they realized how, how, how closely it aligned to what happened to Jesus. They actually changed that uh, in the rabbinic teachings. But, but historically, we know this, this refers to Jesus and what he did for us. And I, I've, uh, I know there's a lot of um, controversy in some areas of the church, but I've looked historically at, at how, what the church theologians believe about this and... and uh, I think the honest ones, and I looked at Anglicans, I've looked at, uh, at different ones, I looked at um, Church Missionary Alliance, and they've examined the scripture. And um, the question is, did he actually carry all our weaknesses on the cross? Um, does that include <laughs> physical things or mental things or is it just spiritual and uh, a lot of people will say this is just spiritual the reason I, I got it from I read from Matthew is so that you can see that the Holy Spirit through Matthew believed that this scripture actually applies to our physical situation yes it is spiritual but there's not this one or the other thing with God. You understand, when we, we, we are spirit, soul, and body. So when we get saved, uh, our spirit is born again, recreated in righteousness. But the life of God in us is supposed to ooze out of us and it affect us. Now, we're probably good at understanding that relationships. You understand that the life of God in you and the grace is supposed to affect our relationships. Who knows that? Who knows that we're just really to stop going around like grumpy pants, you know, and criticizing and gossiping and believing the worst because what's happened to us is supposed to affect that. But what's happened to us is supposed to affect our, our mind and our soul. It's also supposed to affect our body <coughs> and the world around us. So let's read this. Let's read this scripture. This is the reason for reasons for faith to have strong faith to understand that whatever area of our life that God needs to move in, 
that we need him in? His answer is yes. He's able to move in that area. So uh, Isaiah 53 verse 1, it says, Who has believed our message? To who is the arm of the Lord revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore. Surely our sorrows he carried. We ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell on him. And by his scourging, we are healed. The verse there, it says our chastising for our well-being. Um, the word there for well-being is shalom. It's peace. It means to have um, all the emotional stability and strength and calmness and provision for your life. And so on, on the cross, this says that the chastisement or the angst or the fear or the anger, or the sense of inadequacy, or the sense of failure, all those things were put on him so that we can have peace. Who knows that's a good thing to claim? Yes. Peace. Yes. I have peace. Jesus told the temple, he, he told the offering to see the people who are being healed, go in peace. And I know, and you know, there's stressful, strifeful situations under Pastor Chloe that we face in our everyday life. And the angst, the hurt, the fear, we can roll that over onto him. You ever say, Pastor Grant, how do we do that? Just do it. Just decide you're going to do it. Decide, I'm not going to be anxious about this. I'm going to have peace about this situation. I, uh, when I lived in Canberra, I um, shared a house with a, a mate who um, he just started taking a few days off sick leave and he started to get all anxious and worried. And, and uh, he, he, he developed this belief that God actually wanted him in this situation of depression and that he had just had to struggle through it, that it was his burden to bear but we don't need to carry anything which Jesus carried for us and so it comes to those things when we stress or strive and we all know like some of us are really champion worry warts are there any champion worry warts around here just not but you know it's just I'm just gonna work you know sometimes when we look for things to worry about you know, and he said, I'm just going to, do you know, he paid, he carried that anxiety on the cross. 
and we don't have to know how he's going to solve the situation. We just know he's going to solve the situation. And that's when we laugh. <laughs> I don't know. So we can roll, but you can't, we can roll our fears onto him. Well, we know that he took it. He took it. He paid for that. He bore it. So that we could ex we exchange. This was the amazing thing. This clause in this contract, this covenant, which God has with us was that give me your anxiety I'll give you my peace I reckon that's a, a good deal don't you I just give me your stress I'll give you my peace that passes all understanding gee God that means I'm not going to work out how these things happen they happen in the spirit first of all everything with God happens in the spirit first of all you understand so this, this verse, Isaiah 53, this chapter, yes, it is spiritual. But everything that God, I mean, what good would it be if everything was just, we were blessed spiritually, but not emotionally. <laughs> we were blessed, we had abundance, we've got provision spiritually, but not financially. We'd be sitting there like a hobo lying on a, on a bench park saying, yeah, but I've, I've got prosperity on the inside. <laughs> and you can't have prosperity, whatever your situation. But this is the wonderful thing about God. He meets us wherever we're at yes. and lifts us. But we can have peace. I don't believe mental torment is the will of God. I don't believe it. We you know, all the miracles that Jesus did, and I, please, I don't want to diminish anything in any way, but so often he ministered peace. He said, be peaceful. It's all right. What are you worried about? Did you not understand the feeding of the fight? Did you not understand that? And we can claim that side of the covenant. In, um, in Thessalonians, um, Paul writes, I pray that your whole spirit soul and body will be preserved at the coming of the Lord and what he was saying is that we we can walk in a sense um, that we're so we can walk so victorious so you know like who's believing for a bit of a change in their personality when they get to heaven <laughs> I, I'm gonna get rid of my grumpy pants all right that's all right I think you just need to believe for pants Penny. Right. Right. Just to see you there. We'll take up an offering for you later. Yeah. You, who knows you? You don't want to be grumpy in heaven, do you? Like you know, like what what excuse have you got? You know, what excuse? So so surely so he Paul prays that our soul will be transformed. You know, James says the in, the indwelling of the word it, it was able to save your soul. So our spirit is a new creation in Christ. We're made new creation, but that's supposed to affect our joy. It's, it's supposed to affect our face, face, isn't it? Yes. All right. And sometimes you just got to believe. Sometimes, you know, I, I picked up a few days teaching. I, you know, I don't like having to do that. You know, I get grumpy pants and I don't want to go, you know, but Linda's kind of in between jobs. So she's having a break from supporting me. 
<laughs> so I could do a few days teaching here and there. Yeah, like I, I gotta be honest with you, I, I didn't want to go. Ah, I didn't, there's some reasons which I can share with you about, but I just want to go. But you know, you had to ch change your attitude. You had to just say, Lord, I'm, you, I've got strength for this. Yes. I've got joy for this. Yes. I've got peace for this. Or whatever comes my way. The atonement of Jesus Christ includes our mental well-being. Right. It includes our joy. And we learn to walk in it. The Apostle John in 3 John verse 2, he says, I would that you prospered, I pray that you prospered or abounded, prospered in all things, even as uh, that you had health and that your soul prospers. John had no issue with us as whole beings walking in the redemption of Jesus Christ. So we continue with Isaiah 53. The chastisement for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, by his scourging, we are healed. Some um, some years ago, a couple of years ago, I know I've shared. I don't have many great stories I can tell you. Like I, we trained under, uh, I trained under Brother Hagen, and he was in ministry for sixty years, so he had hundreds of stories. I've only got three or four, so I'll tell them a few different ways. If you think it's familiar, just because I'm, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some years ago, uh, just a couple of years ago, probably three years ago, four years ago, um, we were meeting down at Batinia, down at um school down, down there and a lady had come to church for a first time one week with her husband and uh, she um, and they hadn't been to church for a while they told us that hadn't been to church for a while but they decided to make a stand come to church so we met them and said hello and all that sort of stuff then the, the next week um, we see them coming down the pathway this is a school hall that we met a few of you were still here. Darren and Jane were there I think Sarah, I don't know if Mark was, but back then, you guys were there, weren't you? And uh, so she comes with her husband holding her arm, and I just see her coming down down the pathway, and it's like she had palsy, like really bad cerebral palsy, in that it was, I don't, I'm not, it was just, you know, arms and legs everywhere and having to be supported by, do you, you remember that, coming down the pathway? And, help him help to help to sit down and we caught up with them after the service and I, I said you know would you would you like us to come around and talk about healing and she was someone who was ready to believe God you know and um, so Linda and I went around and we had some lunch and she'd settled down a little bit and we heard her story but what had happened is that when she was a child um, the way she grew up, she grew up in a house down near Coolangatta and all the walls were painted and the trimmings were painted in lead paint. Remember guys when they used to put lead paint and things? So lead, lead's a heavy metal. Uh, it's, it's not like zinc or magnesium, it's a heavy metal. So I think it plays in that rock band. <laughs> Once it gets, that was a joke. The lads laugh. Thank you. Paul, you missed a cue. 
Uh, once it gets into your body, your body can't process it, it stays there. And when it crosses over into the, from the blood threshold from into your brain, you're basically stuck in this condition for the rest of your life. And what had happened is that recently it crossed over from her, um, from the, I'm not sure of the biology, but into her brain. And so she was with this palsy-like condition. Um, I'll just track back a bit because I, um, a few weeks ago I sat down with um, a very noted healing evangelist. I can tell you, he, was one of the, he ran the healing ministry at a large ministry in the States um, and um, was noted for lots of sort of miracle type healings and I was talking with him uh, after the service and in the, in the green room and I asked him how he got into you know, into the healing ministry, and he said he went and sat in a in a in a um, he went and sat in a um, emergency room and just asking God who he's going to pray for, and all that. And, all that. and that's gutsy. You know? And I just I explained to him, told him this story because I said the majority of the ways that I've seen God uh, transform people in that way was getting the word into them, getting faith into them, encouraging them to act on that faith. And it's not as glamorous, but it works. All right? Because I can't conjure up uh, working miracles. I can push you over and we can pretend. But I'm, but I'm expecting God now to be moving here. Yes. Now. Yes. So he wills. But I'm telling you this story because Christ's redemption can be outworked in our life. I'm telling you a big story, but it works with small things. It works, you know, and most big things are a thousand small things put together. That's how life works, you know. So anyway, Linda and I went around, we had lunch with them, and we started to explain the scriptures and open up the Bible, the Bible and different verses to do with healing and different things. And she said, yes, that's what I believe that. And then she said, uh, we turned to Mark 11, you know, my favorite verse, the one that uh, the pastor I studied under wrote. Mark 11, 22, 23, 4, have faith in God, who says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he say are going to happen. He shall have whatsoever he say. Therefore, whenever you pray, believe that you have received those things, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. Who knows the amount of times I, believe, I wish that wasn't in the Bible? <laughs> it's like, it's sort of, there's no out option on that one. Is there? That's like, that's the blanket, you know? That's the blanket. Now, God's happy to work where we are. He wants to work where we are. We don't need to start at the top of the rung, Brother Sorrell. Isn't that right? We can start at this rung, praise God. But that, when it comes down to it, that's it. We explain the scripture. Yeah, I got that, you know. And then we went to pray, and she said, well, what about Paul's thorn? And so he was a hindrance. So that's a good question. What about Paul's thorn? I haven't got time to explain it now. Interesting when Paul prayed that that God would remove his demons, that God said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning that in whatever situation we're in, his grace is sufficient for us. Who knows it's his grace that he took our sin on the cross? Who knows that? Who knows it's his grace that bore our anxiety and our fears on the cross? Who knows that? Yeah. Who knows it's his grace that by his stripes we were healed? Who knows that? Yes. All right. So, so I think that's probably sufficient. Yes. 
So Paul said, now I revel in my weakness, knowing that God moves. So we explained that and then we went to pray with her and um, Linda quoted from, I think it's 2 Peter, and she said, she went to pray with her and she said, and Father, we thank you that by his stripes we were healed. And she stopped us. Because you understand in, in Isaiah, it says, by his stripes we are healed. And in Matthew, it says, by his stripes we are healed. Or surely present tense, he bore our pain. But Peter says, by his stripes we were healed. She said, what's with that? So, so Linda had to open the Bible and, and show her what was done on Calvary is done. Right. He's not going to die for your sins again. Yes. All right? He's not going to carry your pain, your suffering again. He's not going to bring your sorrow again. It is done. In the spiritual realm, it is finished. Yeah. It's completed. Yeah. It's done. It's a done deed. And we receive it. So we receive joy. You can stand in the face of uh, shame, of fear, and just, I dare you to stand up and laugh at it. Ha, ha, ha. I could say, I have his strength. I have, you know, like, you can sit there. I can tell you, you can sit there. Something's bounce off people. I can tell you. can sit there. I'm telling you, it works. It works to claim what God has done on your behalf. Paul said, I rejoice in my weakness. I rejoice in this situation because God's got to step in. That's the covenant. He's got to step in. I rejoice in this situation that I can't save my children. Yeah. I rejoice in it because if it was up to me, they'd all be lost. <laughs> you understand? Because he's going to do it. And I'm going to trust him to do it. And I'm going to say, thank you, Father. And I'm going to give thanks. She just said, you mean this was already done for me? See, Linda, who's, you know, I would have said, yes, you. Flanky, don't you read the Bible? Linda's a lot more gracious than me. There's a lot more gracious. She said, it was done for us. Do you understand when we ask God to forgive us, Jesus doesn't die on the cross again. Right. Yes. You understand? Yes. Our forgiveness was appropriated back then. Yes. When um, you say, Lord, I need your peace, Jesus doesn't sweat blood again. You understand that? Yes. The covenant was done. Yes. We have to receive. Yes. Like Paul said, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not speaking very eloquently today, but I don't want your faith to be in hell. I want your faith to be on the power of God. Yes. To touch your situation, change your situation, start with something that you can believe in and start with something that's simple that you can roll over unto him and just refuse thoughts to the contrary and say, God, I know you're going to do this. So she was, oh, wow, so it's done. Uh, it's done. Uh, it's and it has been done. Believe you receive and walk in it. You, Pastor Grant, that's that's too easy. Believe me, it's not easy on the flesh. 
It's not easy on the flesh. So every every we'd see on a Wednesday Bible study and Sunday and she'd come and say, I believe I receive it. She said, I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. Then it's about six weeks later, we had a Bible study just down the road here. And everyone's given their testimony and sharing how their week was. Are you there, Tiff? No, just make it up, just say yes. <laughs> and, and, she goes, I, I have a blood test today. You know, you're a pastor, you hear that question. I got my blood test back. You hear that question, you go, okay. You know, I got my blood test back today about the lead poisoning. I said, well, what did they say? Like she had walked in, you this joy in her face, you know. She said, what did they say? She said, there's not one segment of lead in my blood. Not one, not a bit. You were there. Not one. Were you guys there? Not one. And I said to him, what did the doctor say? The doctor said, this can't happen. I, I tell you that because I tell you this, whatever we're facing in life, today, whatever it is, we have peace. We have this exchange. We have his we have his joy. We can walk uh, in what he's done for us. And I believe you guys can get up. I know you're enjoying this. Otherwise I'll just keep going. <laughs> we can have strong faith because our faith rests on his power. Our faith doesn't rest on our righteousness. Our faith doesn't rest on saying the right words, right formula. Our faith rests on His power. And God is good at delivering us, isn't He? He's good. He can deliver us. I know, like I know some of you and you know me and like I said, big miracles are made up of thousands of little miracles. So start with something that you can believe God for. Is that good? Start with that. Okay, Father, I know this is your will. I know that you bore this for me on the cross. I know that you gave me peace. You gave me victory. I know that you smashed, kicked the devil in the head on this one. And I make a stand on this today. That I believe I receive your joy. I believe I receive your peace. I believe I receive salvation for my children. I believe I seek deliverance from this evil situation. Because your power, my faith is in your power. Not what Pastor Grant says. Get the Bible. Open it up. Highlight it. Put it in front of God's face. And say, look, you've said this. You said it. Not this is your idea, God, not my idea. And God will stand by it. Because he's made covenant, sealed in the blood of Jesus. Amen.